Well, hello, dear gospel friends. Welcome to episode five of season two. There we go. We're doing well. Well, it's currently uh, almost Australia Day, uh, and uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're having a few afternoon and morning teas, and we're going to kind of share a bit about uh, what the plans and the hopes are for ACU uh, this year. Uh, now, if you're tuning in, I assume you haven't been able to make one of these and might want to just like lean in, stealthily listen in, kind of creepily, or not really creepily, but you know, we're all busy people. So I love the fact that you can kind of put me on in the background and maybe be driving the car or going for an exercise session in the gym. Um, yep. So um, I thought it'd be good to start with our partnership. Uh, often, over this time of the year, I do a lot of thinking, a lot of investing uh, in uh, relationship building, in conversations, in kind of reading, in kind of like newsletters, um, and and I thought I could start with um, how encouraged I've been recently. I love you all so much. I'm so thankful for your engagement, your prayers, uh, your encouragement. It's a huge one. And even uh, lastly, but certainly not least, Lee, uh, your financial investment in the work. It, it kind of blows my mind that there are around about 55 people supporting the work financially. Uh, so here are some moments that I've really cherished recently uh, when I've seen that people are engaged and prayerful and encouraging. Uh, I thought I would highlight these, celebrate these, because I, I wouldn't want to do anything other than leaning on others, uh, to have you back me in with the gospel. Uh, not to have a kind of performance criteria which I have to kind of meet in like a more, you know, church kind of-esque relationship, uh, but I just get to be the evangelist um, on campus. I get to kind of invest in some student leaders. Uh, and you are the ones um, investing in heaven through the work. So thank you. Uh, here are some moments uh, that have encouraged me recently. Uh, I had a mate from my uni days, probably about 12 years ago, hit me up in May. He's like, let's hang out. Are you going okay, dude? What's this stuff about kind of professional coach, counselling, healing? I'm really confused. Uh, well, uh, we hung out. We played pool. We cried. We got cake. Um, he actually works in uh, family violence, and I think he understands lots of flags between power and control and coercion. So I think he actually kind of read between the lines and was like, dude, I think we need to kind of chat and, you know, really kind of put his arm around me. And I'm just so thankful um, when you're kind of breathing kind of the air around you, you're not kind of realising the kind of systems you're in. Uh, so it was great that he, uh, from his professional practice, could get around me and, and ask some really thoughtful questions. And I think in this space, kind of when you've seen flags, you can kind of never unsee them. Uh, and I think that really kind of strengthens my ministry moving forward. So thanks, Roscoe, uh, for reaching out. Uh, secondly, uh, super encouraged uh, about another friend who I was messaging to say, hey, can I send you some stuff in the mail, uh, the, the Christmas mail out? And, and he'd been praying for the for the work quietly for eight years. I'd kind of forgotten. Um, I don't look through my prayer email list all that often. I think it's up to like 150 now. Uh, but... Like, despite my ignorance, he'd been asking the living God uh, for clarity and healing um, as we step into a new church communion. I just thought, man, that's just so wonderful. So thanks, Maddie. Um, the third 
massive encouragement was trying to raise $2,000 for subsidies but getting to $4,000. Uh, let's just say my Western Suburbs crew will be thoroughly taking care of the students who are really struggling. We'll make it to conferences and camps in the future because of people's generosity. Uh, so many people saying, I loved Summit. NTE kind of helped my Bible knowledge and helped me go deep with the Lord. I want the next generation of students experiencing that too. In an age of inflation and kind of, you know, lots of pressure if you're living outside the home, or not, not a lot of family wealth, uh, this will thoroughly help the ministry. So thank you. I've also been uh, encouraged with uh, coffees, uh, chats on the phone, visiting uh, uh, friends, churches, uh, emailing and Facebooking people. Um, and I love hearing about what's happening in your life so that I can be sharp and relevant in my prayer life for you. I work through my prayer list, uh, supporters list, uh, about once a month, uh, but it's nice to be able to pray really specifically. Uh, and I'm recording this before the prayer uh, kind of moments in our backyard because I just like to be kind of thoroughly prepared and organised. But I think uh, those moments will be really encouraging. Well, they have been historically and already probably about 10 or 12 people are coming to each one. So it's it's just lovely that people are sacrificing their time and energy to, to hear what's happening at ACU, to catch up with old friends, uh, to, to pray for the work, to, to catch up with our family, enjoy our kids. So I love the connections from ACU grads, old and new, to old church family, uh, from friends when I was at La Trobe, uh, to even random connections like youth group uh, camps that I led on you know, 15 years back. So if I don't say it enough, let me say it now. I thank you for your investment in the work. I thank you for your deep love and your friendship and picking me up picking us up, Beck and I, up when we're down uh, and backing us in with the gospel. You are storing up treasures in heaven through your investment. And I look forward to the day when Jesus returns, when we're hanging out in the new heavens and the new earth and, you know, Susie and Bob and kind of, um, I'm trying to think of an international student name. I, I can't at the moment, but but they're in the new heavens and the new earth, in the new earth uh, because of your investment, because of your prayers, because of you financially helping me to be uh, the evangelist on campus, to be the light of Christ, uh, and just holding out the gospel of grace. So, uh, all right, I'll stop for questions at this point. If you were with us live in the afternoon teas or morning teas, but if not, that's okay. Let me keep uh, smashing through this. Uh, the team this year, uh, there's three of us, right? Uh, my, my title campus team leader actually becomes relevant this year uh, because I've got a team. That's right. Uh, Fiona's now six months in. Uh, she's a great gift from the Lord. So godly, so wise. So much experience and thoughtfulness and wisdom. I think I said that. Uh, wonderful humility to kind of ask big questions about, oh, what are you doing here? Why? How? Um, she's got heaps of experience with training from uh, uh, training apprentices, training students. Uh, so much uh, help about team dynamics that I've been kind of reading through and, and thinking through as we launched the year together, Fiona, Joel, and I. Um. Yeah, and I've just been so impressed with Fiona, her quiet leading and investment uh, in some of the key women, you know, reading marriage books, 
uh, getting around to some uh, new kind of leaders on exec, helping me kind of re- refine gospel outlines and, and, and work on talks. And um, yeah, Joel is also joining us this year. He's a ACU grad from 2020. Uh, he's a wonderful young man who has aspirations to go into gospel ministry, and I think that's really good. I think he'll be suited. Uh, looking forward to um, journeying with him and uh, putting the arm around uh, his shoulder uh, through the ups and uh, many downs that gospel ministry is. Yeah, I remember my traineeship about how much I was stripped back, like who even am I on a bad day, if kind of things are flopping, if people aren't taking any notice or interest in Jesus. There's heaps of identity things that uh, Joel, I think, will be working through. So it'd be wonderful to just read the Bible with him, hang out, uh, share life, um, and celebrate the wins. And yeah, more than losses. So yeah, really looking forward to the team this year. Uh, Do be praying that we might um, gel well together that we might listen well, that there might be a real spirit of humility and uh, cohesion. And I think, um, I was thinking the other day, what's my role in the team? And I think my role is just to keep saying, hey, the gospel's powerful, God's good, by his spirit, he's gonna call people to himself. Just keep kind of cheering on and championing that real confidence that we have in the gospel. We've seen it in our own lives, um, seen it in the lives of many. God is a living God and will transform people's lives. So yeah, looking forward to having a bit more of a team. I think um, on a personal level, something that I'll have to kind of confess and work through with the team is I just have this real fear and insecurity that that my colleagues will be like, oh, Chris isn't doing enough on the ground ministry because he's doing back-end stuff, preaching, kind of leadership. Um, So my head will be slightly, I think, um, back from the coalface this year, I think. It'll be equipping the student leaders, equipping uh, Joel as a trainee, uh, equipping Fiona. and um, So, yeah, I'll just really have to articulate myself when I kind of feel like a bit insecure and I'm being kind of lazy because I certainly ain't lazy in ministry and I kind of work really hard. I think our just roles will be slightly different. So that would be something good uh, to talk through with the team. Um, Anyway, sorry if that's an overshare. I guess I like to have a ministry and a philosophy where you kind of – you don't just present your best face or your best self, but the gospel's actually relevant and we're, we're sharing our, our life warts and all. Uh, let me finish this podcast episode. Uh, well, it's, it's not really finishing because it's a, it's a long kind of probably 10-minute rant. I want to share with you now, and I would love your feedback or any resources you might have or any um, illustrations even. Uh, but this year, we're very much having um, the, the gospel outline kind of around humility and pride. Um, Every year I try to give a fresh vision of the same unending gospel, right? Contextualizing in order to get a fresh hearing for a new culture and a new year. And hopefully, um, yeah, even the Christian students go deeper into the gospel through this angle and this lens of humility and pride. Um, I've read two books on humility in the last couple of years because I guess I've seen some bad fruits in my own life when I don't listen well or when I talk over people because I think I'm more important what an idiot uh, when I'm just so self-sufficient and kind of dependent and prayerlessness so I was reading a book uh, a few books about humility um, and I stumbled upon this uh, great one by Nick Thompson called Growing Downward The Path to Christ Exalting Humility Uh, It pretty much is a biblical theology of pride and humility starting 
from the garden uh, all the way through to the new heavens and the new earth, the new garden. Uh, and its vision is thoroughly wonderful. Uh, let, let me let me riff some of the gospel outline uh, to you. And I kind of do this as well because it's helping me articulate the gospel in these new terms. It's it's kind of a bit of a strange thing to do. It's not just kind of Jesus died in our place and pitching it in law court. It's having a bigger gospel. So by recording this podcast, by hanging out with people in my backyard, by testing it with leaders and, and colleagues, it really helps me refine, I guess. So really keen to hear from you, Okay. Here's how we're pitching it this year. God is our creator. We, my friends, are the creatures. Made from dust, in God's image. Uh, We we were made for a relationship with God. Yet, uh, due to our pride, uh, due to Adam and Eve's original pride, things go wrong. We're deluded creatures. We attempt to dethrone God in order to throne ourselves. We create our own fairy tales where we arrogantly seek to be the star of the show, right? That's us putting ourselves in God's place. How arrogant for the the creatures to say to their creator, no, 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 I am God, I am the creator. And that's what we do, right? So if we think about Gen Z, the air they breathe, the... um, The ocean they swim in, the water they swim in is this. You do you, right? Whatever narrative you want about your body, sexuality, identity, create the new self when you get to uni. Uh, You see at the moment, the autonomous self rules absolutely. The individual and looking inward is king. Yet Jesus uh, says in in Luke 5, uh, the first talk I'll do this semester, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but it's the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but the sick or sinners. So my hope and prayer is this. As kind of nominals come along, people with churchy backgrounds, that they might clearly see sin in terms of delusion and pride and arrogance, and that that might actually resonate with them, right? Because I think in Christian ministry, you don't want to go to the external fruit. Hey, you know, you're gossiping or you're looking at porn or you're um, addicted to this or that. Um, But you want to keep sifting to say, what's the heart fruit? And I guess I'm trying to say this semester that the internal sin is actually pride. Pride's underneath a lot of things. Like if you peel it enough back. And I guess in my ministry, and it's not all that long, but I've seen pride ruin people's ministries. Uh, I've seen kind of ministries where people are just deluded. Um, and it's actually causing all this bad fruit. And, and people are looking at the, um, the external behaviours, but it's like, no, no, you've got you've to reduce it right back. What's underneath that? What's driving that? And sometimes it can be pride, right? Now, Uh, As I preach in Luke's gospel, um, my big emphasis is, well, everyone thinks they're healthy, especially at ACU. There's a real, um, a religiosity or like, I can do better, like I'm not that bad. But I think when you actually see yourself as sick, um, you actually flee to Jesus. You actually look to the God man as your rescuer. Jesus isn't just nice. 
but he's your all in all. And, and this is the incredible thing. The God-man, the creator, becomes creature in order to rescue us from ourselves. That's the cross, isn't it? That's the, that's the resurrection and the gospel story. We are deluded and helpless. So God steps into the picture. Jesus comes low. He stoops as a baby in a cradle. He lives a, a most astonishing life of love and humility. We look to Jesus and we see the perfect creature. Clothed in our flesh. Uh, the creator and the creature all in one. And Jesus does this to win us back. He wants us in this rich fellowship with the Father, Son and Spirit. Jesus is our great big brother who draws us to the Father. He pours out his Spirit so that our eyes are open to our delusion and our sickness. And it means that we flee to Jesus. We come low. We sit at the foot of the cross and are astonished about this great act of love. This great act where Jesus humbles himself. He takes our infinite sin. He comes low. Now that's not the end of the story, is it, friends? He's raised up through his mighty resurrection and ascension. The gospel really does uh, bring us low. It brings us down to the dust in which we were formed from. Uh, but I think as we come low, as we look to Jesus, we actually can be raised up. Uh, Luke 14, 11, and another big talk I'm doing this semester, and I've just been really grappling with how to explain this verse. But but I think through humility and pride, it actually makes sense. Uh, Luke 14, 11, for those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. When one's brought low through the gospel and the spirit doing um, their thing, only then can we kind of look up and fear God rightly. You don't look inward. The more sane thing to do is look up to your creator, your heavenly father who has sent his one and only son empowered by the spirit. And I think actually, instead of being kind of puffed up now, enriched and privileged as kind of Luke critiques in his gospel and, and religious, uh, the gospel allows us to actually live with an audience of one, our creator in heaven. Right? Resurrection, thoroughly important in all this. Jesus raised powerfully by the Spirit, physically uh, now seated in heaven. He's honoured by his Father. He's hearing our prayers now. He's sending out uh, the Spirit with his Father. And this, my friends, gives us confidence as we go out in mission to speak about him. So the big heart questions really are, like, who are you captivated by? Is it yourself or is it Jesus? Who do you want to exalt and kind of Why? Are you kind of going to live for the limited pleasure of the here and now? Or is there more? Could there be more meaning uh, being connected to the, the God who is Father, Son, and Spirit? So I love Luke's gospel. I love that the lost are found. I love that the poor are blessed and the rich are cursed. I love that the Holy Spirit is poured out and that women are treasured and honoured. Uh, I think this humility and pride stuff fits really well with a Lukean kind of view of Jesus. Uh, now, I should uh, let me go on a little bit of a rant about kind of Nick Thompson and his book. Um, I've loved it; it's been helpful. But I didn't kind of agree with everything he said. He goes off on these random reformed kind of rants 
about kind of the law. He's kind of, I think, off there. It's uninspiring. He kind of has a real obsession with, like, the wrath of God. I think at times that's overplayed. I think he has this weird thing where he orders the Trinity, so it's all about the Father, and it's not about enjoying the Father, Son, and Spirit in a real kind of life-giving way. There's always kind of order. Um, Kind of the reform crew kind of do that. Um, uh, But even having said that, I I think he's... um, his work is great. His eschatology uh, vision in his last uh, three chapters is profound. And I never thought about um, heaven in terms of humility and pride, that pride kind of has one go into hell. Because even, um, yeah, before Jesus, you're kind of hiding. You've never actually really humbled yourself. Uh, there will be a great day of judgment where, where I will be humbled because I will be judged according to um, how I've lived. Every thought, word, deed, um, and it'll help us see how radiant Jesus is, how gracious and good and forgiving he is. Yeah, right. Saved by faith, yet we still have works, right? Um, God uh, is our everlasting feast, Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, the humble uh, uh, will reign with Jesus. Uh, the only thing that's going to last beyond death is God's love, right? And, and um, yeah, Nick... Uh, Thompson really kind of pitches hell in a in a helpful kind of um, who's that middle aged theologian who says hell is like chasing after yourself Dante he really kind of pitches it like that that people are that that hell is so scary because there's an absence of God's good things and all there is is God's judgment against a proud people who refuse to bend their knee at His grace. Um, so that's the vision for semester, friends. I would love it if you critiqued it. Gave me feedback, um, pointed out things that were missing, um, helped me kind of pitch the gospel even more clearly. Um, if I am doing my job rightly, the students will parrot me in this way by the end of the semester. We go, we grow downward in humility, and we sit at the foot of the cross down. Right, we're raised up, little up arrow, in fear of God. We're amazed at what He's done in the gospel, and this actually moves us outward. It's the horizontal that we love uh, our brothers and sisters in the family and we love the lost and outsiders see it's the cruciform life all over again uh anyone who uh has grown up in latrobe circles will be laughing at this point uh but i think sometimes when you give the students like a, a pictorial kind of thing to kind of hang their head on it helps uh them um let me share some things for uh you to pray for um pray for me leading the team well but i might do it with humility uh, please pray for our evangelism culture to grow and students to be effectively trained and, and people to be uh transformed by the gospel uh please uh continually pray for healing for our family it's been a tough few years uh, God is extremely gracious in professional psychologists and counsellors and leadership coaches slash fathers in the faith. Um, yeah, we feel super emotionally recharged after holidays. Um, I think the more and more distance between things that have, have happened and now is kind of for the better. So yeah, pray that um, God is our good shepherd might just keep um, yeah, having the sweet balm of the gospel and, and how we're just children of God and loved and Help us, yeah, pray that the Lord might actually help us believe in grace and live it out.
uh, please uh, ask God to develop uh, students who are humble and depend on Jesus as their only hope in life and death. And that uh, God might draw outsiders in and bring rebirth of people as they humble themselves at the feet of Jesus. Well, friends, uh, I've rabbited on a little bit longer than I would have thought, but I hope it has uh, fueled your prayers. Uh, my last podcast had uh, 28 hits, I think, so far, and I was chuffed by that. Uh, Beck and I sharing our hearts, uh, pouring out uh, our learnings and longings. Give that a listen if you're uh, interested, because uh, I think there are some lessons learned through our suffering that could kind of bless others. Uh, well, that's all for now. Catch up soon.